0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Rising Stars podcast. I am Brianna Moriarty. Today we are talking about emerging markets and trends in the retail space. Um, We have Brett Payette with us from Ven. She leads the associate account executive team and has spent years working directly with retailers. So we're super excited to hear all of her insight and everything that she can tell us about the retail market today. Um, So hey Brett, thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you for having me, I'm very excited. Awesome. So can you start off by telling us about Vend, how it started, and kind of where you guys are today? Yeah, 100%. Um, so Vend is, was actually one of the first uh, cloud-based
1: point of sales for retailers, uh, which is pretty cool. Because uh, before that, uh, it was all a lot of server-based systems, nothing that really allowed for that the flexibility that retailers really did need. Mm-hmm. Um and and kind of been like it grew up in the cloud. So the cool thing about that is that it allowed us to really establish kind of key partnerships as well as a lot of cool integrations. So retailers really can kind of continue to extend their reach. Um, actually Vaughn, our founder, um, so so the legend goes, I guess, um, is that uh, it was back in the, the financial crisis back in, I think it was 20, 2012 or 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually saw a lot of his retail friends struggling to get a hold of their inventory when when there was, you know, it was a time where every penny counted, right? Right. So, um, he was, he saw that and was like, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna build Ben to, to solve for them. So out of a crisis, you know, here
0: comes uh, that innovation. Awesome, well, it was definitely a good, a good turnaround from that. So yeah, tell us more sure. about you and your time at Bend um, and just kind of more about your background in the industry. Sure, yeah. Uh, so
1: I have been with the company for probably about five years now. Um, I'm currently the team lead of the North American sales team with managing the associate account executives. Mm -hmm. Um, So my path at Vendo hasn't been like exactly straightforward. Um, I started in the sales channel, but then I transitioned into managing and then was also managing, um, the launch team actually at the start of COVID as well. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was pretty intense, you know, so I've really throughout my time at Ben, I've been very heavily customer focused, both mm-hmm. from managing and actually selling. Um, and I, w- right now, um, I'm both managing that team, but then, you know, talking to a lot of our enterprise clients and the, um, and kind of uh, some of our partners teams as well. So really kind of close to the partnerships side as well.
0: Right. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned you were taking over the sales team at the start of COVID. Um and I know Vend is strongly catered towards SMB retailers, so those small mom and pop businesses or you yeah. know where they have only a couple of stores. What was it like for some of those retailers that had to temporarily or permanently close during COVID? Um what was that experience like for you guys?
1: Yeah, honestly, uh, it was hard. (laughs) I think for everyone in the pandemic, I mean, we all experienced this, right? It was just so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, No one from like a societal perspective or a retail perspective really knew what was going to happen. you know, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like everyone I know has this kind of story where we left on the Friday and then it was like, oh, I'll see you in two weeks, right? right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that was the same sentiment that I was hearing from retailers as well. It's, you know, okay, you know, this will be blow over in two weeks. Um, and even like just from a, a company perspective, just take a side note is that because we're global, we saw an extreme um, difference in how COVID was managed in different countries. You know, we <laughs> saw Auckland just, knock it, knock it out of the park right away uh, in terms right. of lockdowns, um, the states opened up fairly quick. And then, you know, I'm in Toronto, and we're in our third lockdown where retail is closed again. So uh, it's been it's been really interesting, um, mm-hmm. just kind of watching that. And, and unfortunately, it's been fairly hard. But I will say that there is a silver lining with that. Um, because what we were noticing is that for the retailers that were really able to, to power through, we saw a lot of adaptation and innovation. Okay. Um there were retailers who started doing like Insta-Live selling, mm-hmm. you know, so you're really getting extending your reach um, to, to your consumers. Uh, there was even the um, I don't know if you've ever done one of them, but uh the face FaceTime selling. So mm-hmm. you'd actually like bring people into the store and like literally still getting that customer experience.
0: Um, yeah, I've of course, never even heard of that. That's so yeah. cool.
1: It's so cool. I was just yeah. like, when I heard that retailers were doing it, I'm like, wow, you guys are impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, like, you know, even doing uh, like curbside pickup, um, which was one of my favorite things that come came out of the pandemic, because uh, who doesn't love a little a gift for yourself on the little walks we take each day? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess the, the two biggest things that I noticed... Um, is it's just that that innovation with omnichannel and loyalty. There's just a focus on those two things. It was like, okay, we're we're struggling, where can we focus? And and I think those were the two that really um, stood out.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. So how I guess did Venn kind of shape their response to the global crisis? Um, especially, I mean, you mentioned that Canada's in their third lockdown, which is crazy. Um, but so many of your retailers are small businesses based in that area. So what was Mm -hmm. kind of the response that Ben took?
1: Um, well, I mean, we crapped our pants like a (laughs) real, uh, not literally, but, um, there's a, a few different ways that we kind of took it. I mean, to start just understanding where the mm-hmm. retailers are coming from. So from literally a financial side, we offered, um, the ability to pause accounts. Um, there was, you know, promotions going on to like, really just help people get through, uh, the toughest parts of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, yeah, we do a lot of like retailer interviews. So I think we're, we're pretty close, uh, with our, with our, uh, with our retailers. Yeah. But, Yeah. But, but besides that, from like an actual company perspective as well, is that we really shifted gears. Um, Mm -hmm. we, the product team had a very like fully fledged roadmap, um, you know, like years down the line that we just said, Nope. And we, we flipped it to a very fully fledged roadmap that then incorporated elements that were going to help our retailers succeed. So Mm -hmm. like those omni-channel and the, and the functionalities, um, for loyalty, the other aspect, um, you know, even like improved scanner apps so you could have a more accessible inventory where you're kind of more spread out and so allowing people to have a little bit more safe social distancing, um, and the, uh, I feel like there's one more thing, but uh, there was just a lot of product changes that we actually were able to do. But.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So I know that content is a huge part of Ben's overall mm-hmm. strategy. You guys create amazing content for your retailers. And I think it was Shortly after um, the first shutdown around March of last year, um, you guys put out this great piece about kind of the phases of COVID and the shutdowns and reopening. I think um, Star did play a a part in that as well. So tell me about how, you know, this content and being able to provide all these resources and kind of advice for your retailers played into that, um, I guess, response messaging. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. And I actually I did see our, our post on your site as well, so that was mm-hmm. fun to see. Um, but yeah, the blog for the most of the last year was was strictly focused on COVID relief, COVID assistance, and COVID help. Um, mm-hmm. Even even until Christmas, actually, there was a resource that was uh, still there. Like how do how do you deal with your first uh, you know your busiest season potentially as a retailer, Christmas or right. the holidays that. Um, that is you know affected by COVID. So um, with that messaging, it does help to be able to supplement not only like the financial aid that we were doing, but um, you know giving them something giving our retailer something to work off of um, some, some content. So even though it, everyone feels a bit like their hands are tied, um, we're at least giving that information so people can feel like they're making steps forward. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I, I love our blog. I I still read it to this day. So
0: (laughs) it's, it's a really good one. I always refer, um, you know, people that are entering the market, um, to refer to the Venn blog, the, the information and education that you guys provide the retailers is invaluable.
1: It really is. And for anyone who's looking for any interest or any, um, information just on like trends and retail overall. I, I share it with my family and I share it with friends and everything just to, to get a, across it. I think it's great. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So you. you kind of mentioned some of the things that retailers started doing, um, you mm-hmm. know, the Instagram live shopping, the, the FaceTime shopping, which is still crazy to me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> tell me more about, I guess, what's, what's happening today, what's happening now in the retail space and some of the trends that were, let's say accelerated, um, by the, this crisis
1: yeah accelerated is a great word actually for it because I think a lot of the stuff was like sitting there kind of half developed and this really pushed it over the edge Um, I think for the most part right now people are getting ready for the rebound Mm -hmm. Um, we always knew there was going to be a retail rebound and so they've spent this time upgrading systems you know, refining processes, little things that people, I think, felt they could wash over because oh, they had the time and whatnot Mm -hmm. have now been um, really refined. Everyone is getting real skinny with how they practice their business. Right. Right. Um, And uh, and contactless payments is also a good one that that comes to mind, especially about the acceleration. Um, Yeah. Like, you know, it was always kind of there, but this really made it a necessary. So most of our our payment partners all have the, the contactless payments and it feels just like, uh, most of the retailers that I speak to, they're just really getting ready for the busy season. They're going to be so prepared, um, more efficient processes, uh, omni channel is in place.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: loyalty is locked and ready, uh, <laughs> locked and loaded. Um,
0: okay. but yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to go back to what you imagine the Instagram live, the Facebook shopping or yeah. FaceTime shopping, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of these businesses may also have e-commerce sites in addition to mm-hmm. that, or you mentioned Omnichannel. What is the appeal behind those experiences rather than just going on a site and browsing their page and seeing what they have? What, what does that like, you know, live sh- virtual shopping look like in comparison to just standard e-commerce?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of that it it becomes more of a community selling. So okay. you have this kind of excitement around it, right? You go on an Instagram live, you're actually seeing potentially seeing the owner and and whatnot selling those products, and so you feel more engaged with the the people that you're buying from from a consumer's perspective, mm-hmm. um, and from a retailer, you actually do feel. Com- connected directly to your community, rather than just seeing a number come in on the page from an e-commerce purchase. It's more like, oh, I recognize that handle or, or whatever it is. So uh, okay. I think it's just a more interactive way to, to sell.
0: Yeah. It makes it really about the experience, which yeah. I think we've all been seeing, you know, the whole retail apocalypse thing. We're going to be shifting more towards experimental um, retail. So I guess that kind of just vouches for that. And like we said, kind of accelerated that trend.
1: Yeah, definitely with
0: 100%. Right. All right, cool. So we're just going to take a really quick break here to talk about the Star MPOP. Do you wish that you could combine your receipt printer and your cash drawer to save on counter space? Now you can with Star Micronics MPOP. Designed for today's small businesses, the MPOP comes in a sleek design that combines the printer, cash drawer, tablet, and scanner. With the MPOP, there's no clunky, complicated point of sale setup for your business owners to worry about. Just a beautiful, easy-to-use solution that works out of the box with Vend and other popular software applications. To check out the MPOP for yourself, you can visit starmicronicscom MPOP, that's M-P-O-P, to learn more today. And that link can also be found in today's episode description. Okay, Brett. So. I want to hear about your perspective on the future of retail and how it's evolving all of these accelerated trends that have kind of popped up during what was a terrible pandemic, but really, you know, I think a lot of them are here to stay. So tell me about kind of how the space is evolving and the future of, um, consumer habits.
1: Yeah. Um, well, acceleration and, and, and innovation do come to mind, um, obviously, but I guess for years, uh, a lot of people have been talking about that, the omni-channel theory, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's better to have both, or you can't have one without the other type of experience, but there was a lot still in the market that was one or the other, Mm -hmm. and I think what this, the pandemic was a little bit of a tipping point into proving that theory, you know, if we just think in a, in like a practical sense for myself, uh, uh, I guess I'll use myself as example is what I mean to say, but so I used to play a lot of hockey. Okay. Um, and I will for sure buy my stick tape online, you know, mm-hmm. it's something that I know it's pretty standard. I'm, I'm going to purchase that online, maybe from a store that I, that I like, but if I need a new stick, I'm going to go in, I want that tactile experience to be able to like to test it out and everything. And I think Mm -hmm. you can extrapolate that to a lot of different products, right? Like skincare, if you have a product that you know and love you may order refills online, Um, but that consumer is more likely gonna go into a store to get that advice, that really kind of um, human to human (laughs) experience that you get looking for a new product. Um, And so I think that really is just kind of like the omni-channel experiences is being able to combine the best of both worlds.
0: For right. sure. Um, so, can you expand a little bit more on the experiential retail and where you see that going? Um, I think a lot of times when we when we read about it, especially in the context of the whole retail apocalypse, and um, when we think about experiential retail, we think these big grandiose experiences <laughs> where it could be much more simple. Um, so, tell me about how it's kind of being implemented today and how you see that moving forward.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think experiences can be very small and very big, uh, as you're, you're kind of pointing out with the AI aspect of things. Mm-hmm. But what is an experience to you is some sort of emotional like reaction, right? Um, that Live shopping makes you feel connected.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the same thing would go with experiential shopping of having the experience of feeling recognized or having a loyalty program that really kind of knows your buying habits right um yeah and it also goes to even speaking to like the dual uh, purpose uh, retail as well like mm-hmm. if you think about someone being able to go um, looking lo- looking for for toys with their with their kids and then also being able to get ice cream at the same time yeah um, have making the whole outing it doesn't have to be a big thing but making that accessible for everyone um, I think that's kind of the way that it will go, and or the way that it's going, and the way that it's going to stay, honestly.
0: For sure. And when retailers think about it that way, I think it's a lot more or a lot less scary. Um, yeah. For to say, oh, I have to do all this stuff to make my store more interesting and to bring people in shop. Um, You don't need someone doing tricks in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I guess going off that, what are some of the things that retailers can do today or in the, I guess, near future if they are currently shut down um, to kind of cater to the demands of these new buying habits and Mm -hmm. um, the omni-channel experience? Yeah, I I think
1: um, it comes to if you build it, they will come. Uh, uh, everybody loves a good field of dreams reference, right? I was raised on it. But, um, um, you know, customers, whether they know it or not, um, and I think they're starting to know it, will uh, be looking for that more cohesive experience between online and Mm -hmm. in-store. So what I mean by that, of course, is like building loyalty programs that uh, allow to translate between both platforms, Mm -hmm. but also in kind of um, like an intuitive sense, like having the same feel but your store that you get on or like that you get from your online, get it in store and vice versa. So uh, if you're like a really interactive store, you want to have that same kind of feeling on your site and the same kind of marketing and promoting on there. Um, I do think loyalty is is a huge one.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: People really do want to get a feel appreciated in that way.
0: Absolutely. Do you have any, I guess, success stories that you could share, um, of some of the Venn's retailers that have been able to implement these, these things to keep themselves afloat or even just help improve their business overall?
1: Yeah, actually, um, with some of the, uh, the Venn retailers we've been having, we've been having a really good surge of, uh, interaction with a company called Marcello um mm-hmm. and that company really extends the reach they do marketing they do rewards um and because of that we've had retailers who have literally seen 10 times the ROI and I'm not just making up numbers mm-hmm. there's a way to actually track it <laughs> and it's That's amazing. Um, it's ins- yeah it's amazing because they're it's allowing them to just you know uh, send out to their their best set customers and bring them back in mm-hmm. um, and we've seen more than one of that you know it's it's quite a it's quite an impressive feat just by having that marketing program.
0: That's great. So, I mean, you know, we're talking about retail and retail as a whole is so broad. I mean, we have clothing mm-hmm. retailers and, and food retailers and so much. So tell me about some of the specific markets um, that you guys are currently working in and maybe some of the emerging markets that you are seeing in the retail space. Yeah, um, well, Vend
1: works a lot with, um, you know, a lot of different retailers, of course, you're right. It's very broad, um, clothing, uh, bottle shops, um, uh, what are the big ones that are coming to mind? Um, kind of boutique grocery stores are the things that are coming to mind, but the biggest one that I think I've seen that the most growth in is CBD. Okay. um, yeah. Vend is is very friendly towards CBD. And so we've seen a lot of people coming into the market from that. Um, I'm currently dealing with an account that has, you know, a hundred and some odd stores with Vend uh, in the CBD space. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's it's really cool because it's a relatively new industry in itself, but it's just been skyrocketing. Um, I think that CBD itself uh, breeds a lot of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and people who maybe, unfortunately had lost their jobs or you know, something like that, who were like, Hey, I want to do this. I'm familiar with this market. So they're able to actually get in and, and do start a store or something that they've always wanted to do. Right. Um, yeah.
0: Are you seeing a lot of that independently? So um, retail stores completely dedicated to CBD or it being an extension of maybe a health food store or mm. um, like a, a body shop, you know, where you get your <sighs> your essential oils. And, and, yeah. Kind yeah. of adding on to that.
1: Yeah. We're seeing both. Um, I think for the longest time, it was more like an addition, but I am seeing more stores that are like, that's their primary focus. Now okay. they will have oils and lotions and whatnot, right. but they'll be with CBD, um, in them pretty much all of them. So mm-hmm. I do think it's really gotten a lot uh, bigger.
0: Right. And yeah. I now, Um, I'm not sure if that's the current state of the lockdown happening in Canada right now, Mm -hmm. but dispensaries were considered essential businesses. So Mm -hmm. is a retail store that sells CBD considered essential? Um, No, I don't believe it is actually. That's interesting. I was just curious about that. So I guess what do you believe is kind of creating the need for you know the cbd market or some of the other emerging markets that you guys are working in. Mhm.
1: Well, um cbd I feel like stress everyone is looking for a way to um you know make themselves a better self um after, you know, covid-19. For so sure. a lot of self-care is going on and and, and that kind of leads to cbd because it's a really kind of friendly way to to go about um you know, about that self-care. Um, Great. so that makes, makes sense to me. Uh, the other thing that in terms of emerging markets are like those bottle shops, um, or like restaurants that are combining into retail now because they needed to new move product, but mm-hmm. Hey, those bottle shops may actually be staying around because they're realizing it's a good revenue stream for them.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. So d- do you see these emerging markets continuing to grow post-COVID, or do you think it's just kind of a, a limited time um, type of booming market? I would
1: hope to say that I, th- I think they're going to stick around because- when you realize that there is also still a need for those things, like if, if I'm going back to the restaurant example, people love to just be able to pick up a bottle of wine from their favorite restaurant rather than having to go to the, the corner, um, dip in air or, or LCBO or whatnot. Um, so I think that that's gonna stay around. And, and I think for the most part too, who's gonna go, wanna get rid of an added revenue stream? <laughs> um, so there's that aspect, I, I hope that they will stay.
0: That's great. Um, Mm -hmm. Lastly, I know you guys, Vend was recently acquired by Lightspeed. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit more? And I guess kind of what the future plans are um, with this acquisition and Vend? Yeah. um, Well, the great thing about Lightspeed is that they are
1: similar to Vend and that they're really focusing on uh, retailers, and so we're able to merge. Com- like it is an acquisition, but it feels more like a merge in my mind, right. um, Because it's going to take the best of both worlds from both Lightspeed and Vend, um, and be able to to grow. Like instead of you know, Vend is in a hundred and thirty uh, countries right now, we'll extend that reach even mm-hmm. further. Um, we've been able to support, um, you know, 26,000 retailers on ourselves, but now we're in a part of a company that services over a, a, like 100,000 retailers. Mm-hmm. So it's just really cool to be a part of that. Um, sure. And yeah, I just I think
0: it extends Venn's reach. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what comes out of that acquisition and, you know, seeing you guys continue to grow together. Um, Did you have any other kind of last tips for retailers or anyone else that might be listening um, regarding kind of the the growth of the retail industry?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think that if you have an idea, go for it. Um, There are you know, out of uncertainty, as we were talking about before, there often leads to a lot of change, you know, then was created out of a financial crisis and then, you know, look where we are today. And uh, I honestly think that some of the biggest changes that are going to be coming, we don't even know where they're coming from yet. Mm-hmm. There are people whom have been, you know, Oh, I wanted to do this. I'm going to do it now. Or I started coding over COVID and now I'm writing a program. Right. Um, they're, you know, tinkering with existing in, in inventions and then creating something new. So I would say for anyone out there and for retailers, if you want to try it, do it because, um, that's, that's where the change is going to come and that's where things grow and change for the better, uh, most part, most of the time. So it's it's just very exciting, honestly. Absolutely. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of your insight and sharing with us. And if you'd like to connect with Brett further, you can find her on LinkedIn. I would also like to take this time to announce to our listeners that I will be running for the vendor seat on the RSPA Board of Directors. Um, voting will take place at retail now. So I'm really looking forward to this and, and this journey Um I work very closely with the RSPA, acting as the chairperson for the Next Gen Committee, and I also serve on the W2W and Marketing Committees there. Um, I'm very passionate and believe in what the RSPA does for its members. Um, you know, not just getting them connected into the channel, but all the education and resources that they provide for VARs and ISVs, especially those those small businesses um entering the channel is really invaluable they do such great work and i would love to be a part of their board and will bring the same dedication to um the RSPA and the board if I am elected. So I'm really looking forward to that. I appreciate everyone's support. Please vote for me. And just to wrap things up, if you want to learn more about Star Micronics, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, or go to starmicronics.com. If you enjoyed this episode today, please subscribe and leave a review if your channel offers that. We would really appreciate it and it helps us to um, better spread the word of this podcast. Thanks everyone.